You're listening to All Marine Radio on the All Warrior Radio Network. Not so Nightingale-like normally, but uh, we'll accept him. Jeff, uh, happy uh, Super Bowl to you. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mac, and I appreciate that hopefully the latest and hopefully the last nickname I'll ever have is the Nightingale. <laughs> because, and I was known as Festus because I was so much older than everybody else, like four years. I remember and that. I've been known as Smiling Jeff. Meatball when I was playing football as a, because I got spaghetti sauce in my helmet at my grandmother's house. And uh, so, yeah, Nightingale. It's good. I guess it's better than Broke Dick. Exactly. <laughs> and joining me from McAllen, Texas, Tim Lynch. Tim, how are you? I'm doing fine, Mac. How about yourself? Uh, you know, I just drove from, you know, a little bit south of Jacksonville this morning to, uh, um, from my son's house so i've been staying with my daughter-in-law my grandson to um uh down here to buford and uh never been to marine Corps station buford so first time for me i've been to i was at paris island once and uh so nice little drive down uh kind of a rain you know partly part of the way and then uh and then uh but cloudy uh wet coastal carolina uh in the uh not even spring yet late winter so uh so yeah but it's kind of marshy those uh those willow trees or whatever the hell they are and uh so i'm uh, i'm down here uh timmy were you ever stationed did you ever live down here no I, I never lived there my dad was the cg at paris island and i i went there on leave a couple times but i've not lived in the area Got it. And Jeff, what about you? Did you ever, I mean, um, you're a Pennsylvania guy, so you went through recruit training here and then, uh, but not here for very I'm long, right? Yeah, I'm a Connecticut guy originally. Right. And, uh, but I did go through Paris Island in, from July to September of, uh, 75. And then I went down there three more times when I was a CEO of ours, Pittsburgh for various, for various unpleasant reasons, but, uh, conferences and so forth. Where we had to stand up there and say our, and basically conferences consist of every RCO east of the Mississippi stand up and name, reading off their stats in front of anybody else. And mine were usually abysmal, so it was kind of an exercise in humiliation for me. But uh, then another time I went down and have my ass chewed personally and individually by the, uh, by the, by the ERRCG. But, uh, other than those uh, memorable points, in Paris Island, actually, in boot camp, all the punches in the stomach and the PT so you vomit and the and all the harassment was actually the most pleasant time I spent out Paris Island compared to those others. You know, I um, I uh, I adopted a daughter over the weekend, and uh, I met her about a year ago, and uh, I didn't legally adopt her because she's in her twenties, but. Uh, I put her on notice now she's I adopted her and so uh, so she grew up in foster care and she was telling me different stories all of them unpleasant she said you know one of the one of the women I stayed with you know uh, for for a few years right if we you'd leave a sock out or a shirt on the bed or something like that she would take all your throws and clothes and throw them out in the uh, throw them out in the yard and yeah and so and so she's telling me these stories so we're sitting there talking and I said so when you went to recruit training it was like the nicest safest place you've ever been she said yes <laughs> she said they yelled at you but they didn't hit you and even when they threw your stuff around they just threw it on the floor they didn't throw it outside 
<laughs> she had that me laughing. Um, she had me laughing. Uh, it was, but we had an awesome conversation. But uh, anyway, I, I have a question for her. I'm, uh, I'm troubled. Uh, much discussion in the Marine Corps about the about the diminished role of the Marine Corps staff non commissioned officer. And um, I just, you know, uh, how does the Marine Corps work with diminished staff non-commissioned officers? I, uh, and, and, but I, it, it, it's a real thing because it's a topic of conversations. And uh, so I'd I just be curious about, uh, you know, Jeff, you're around the Marine Corps all the time. Um, let me ask you first uh, your thoughts on it. And then, Timmy, I'll, I'll come to you and ask you, I mean, how does the Marine Corps work? You've been around the Marine Corps your whole life. How does the Marine Corps work with diminished staff NCOs? So, Jeff, um, you're, you're no stranger to all of this. Uh, your thoughts on it. I'm sure you've heard these things, too. Right. Well, the, the Marines I see every day are the Marines who work for the EOTG, right. what we used to call SOTG, or uh, and also specifically within that, the Marines who work for the advisory training branch. And the uh, the lowest ranking people we have are a couple clerks who are corporals, but uh, m- almost everybody else is sergeant and above. So what I get is not what I see how they handle their troops, but what they tell me. And uh, most of them like working at the uh, advisor training branch because there aren't any troops to uh, to have to honcho and I talked to staff sergeants particularly and they're like sir you know um, if these guys complain there's an investigation and they know it and it can be for anything and um, I mean there's a there's a new edict out that was designed by lawyers of course called the um Oh, geez, I don't remember the name of it. I'm sorry. But it's uh, basically the uh, when when you're accused of something, some kind of act of uh, abuse of authority or, uh, you know, uh, improper use of language, abuse of language or something like that. It's totally the person who makes the accusation is totally um, is believed. That's the that's taken for granted. In other words, you are if you are the object of that, you're. You are assumed to be guilty. It's not like the American system of justice is supposed to be. It's like the French system of justice is, where the accused has to prove his innocence, not the accuser has to prove the guilt of the accused. So it's like, uh, it's very, and it's not good for morale, and it isn't good for these guys. And so consequently, I'm watching, I've been watching this, you know, rewatching the, the uh, series, The Pacific, and uh, I mean, World War II. And most of our big battles, right up to Iraq and Afghanistan, were won by NCOs taking initiative. And because they were used to taking initiative, because it was expected of them. Well, now, um, it's just not as, uh, it's just not the way it used to be. Now there's something new in the air that I think is, uh, could be really detrimental. And it's this, I wish I remembered the name of this thing, but it's, uh, um, you know, it's something, uh, it's, a. Uh, it's Marine Corps wide, and uh, it, it basically says, you know, it's, it's as if um, as if somebody in uh, who's in uh, Antifa wrote it, and the idea being that uh, you know that there's an abuse of authority out there that is misogynistic, that is racist, you know, that is homophobic, and uh, when they raise their head, just let us know, and we'll get rid of them. That's the attitude of the NCOs and staff NCOs now. Most of the ones I've talked to, I haven't had anyone say, say to me that I can remember, I love this, I wish I'm going to stay in forever, you know, I'm looking for this in my career or that. If they're looking for something in their career, it's being away from the troops. And I have to tell you, from personal experience, in the mid-70s, you didn't, see, like John Allen was a company commander and he's the first lieutenant. And the reason is because a lot of captains avoided being company commanders for a similar reason to the way these guys avoid responsibility now because it leads to, you know, um, being held accountable for something you're not allowed to have the authority to fix. And that's my perception of it. And I'll tell you what, though, the Marines and the young officers, and for that matter, the mid-level officers and the, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, field grade officers are, are the same good quality that I'm used to. But they're like, um, it seems like we're in a, 
you know, we're in a bad place because of, you know, the, the, the new, the new uh, atmosphere. All right. To me, how does it, how, how can it work like that? I mean, how can it work when, when essentially what Jeff is describing is, you know, the inmates have become civilians and this is, they have rights, right? And, and anything that coerces them to do anything, um, you know, all they have to do is characterize it as abusive and, you know, they don't do it. How do you, how does it work for God's sakes? Well, I, I can predict the future by, by going back into my past when I was enlisted in the Navy. And when I was enlisted in the Navy, what Jeff is describing as the atmosphere, I didn't feel like I was in a military unit. I felt like I was working at a hospital as a lab tech, and every two weeks I had to work for 24 hours because the chief is a dick. Well, let me, and let me just say something, um, uh, just to back up Timmy. Timmy said this for years. I've heard him say this yeah. uh, repeatedly. Yeah. So go ahead, Timmy, keep going. Well, what, what I was going to what I was was going to say is 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 that the Marine Corps, who you know, I didn't see much of it as a dependent. Quite frankly, it's it's a it's a skewed perspective. I saw the Marine Corps in Beirut, Lebanon, sitting on mostly from watching off uh, offshore through the big eyes and whatnot, and their attitude about everything was fundamentally different. And the most specific thing that was that was uh, an eye opener to everybody was that like E5s and E6s had juice. Those guys had authority. They didn't take any shit. I was an E5. They didn't mean any, anything to anybody in the laboratory, in the medical, in the medical corpsman community. E6, E5, E7. I mean, the chief was something in the Navy. But, but, but what, you're, what you're going towards, when I, when I became a Marine, I, I don't know how we could have functioned without staff NCOs, but I don't know how you would function without morning formations. I, 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 I see these trends that are happening as we, as we adapt technology and things get easier for everybody to do everything. And, and I'm a victim of it, too. It's, you know, I use Amazon like anybody else. But, but I, I, I know where it's going to go. Where it's going to go is where, where the Navy is. And, and I'm telling you right now, you don't see a lot of my sons are sailor bumper stickers or I'm in the Navy bumper stickers. I mean, that was one of the things that when we were younger, everybody bitched about the idiot Marines. Every time you went to a Marine, any place you went, there were there were stickers all over their cars and they, and they wore their shirts and everything like that. Hell, we had no association with the Navy off duty. Didn't want to. And I think that's what the Marine Corps is going to head to. And I, I can't believe it because the one thing that separated the Marine Corps from all the other services was the staff non-commissioned officer. They they were legitimately respected and expected to, to be leaders. And it was never like that in any other branch of the service that I saw um, during my time in the service. I never saw. I mean, you see that in the Army somewhat, for sure, but but not universally, just in good units. Um, if I could characterize something that I, that I hear on a regular basis is that the officers of the Marine Corps have created an environment where we don't believe we will be supported and it's simply not worth my career. Jeff, would, you know, would, is that what you hear? Direct quote. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it, 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 in- it's stunning. Honestly, it's stunning to hear because, in fact, my... Uh, a corporal that was my vehicle commander when I was uh, a company commander out in 29 Palms. He drove over from Winston-Salem last week, and he, he sat in on post-traumatic winning. We went out to dinner. I haven't seen him in 27 years, and it felt like it had been like less than 24 hours since I saw him. Just had an absolutely wonderful time uh the uber driver that drove me from jacksonville airport to my son and daughter-in-law's home um he came his one of his sons had been killed by a drunk driver and we were talking on the way down there and he said could i come i said absolutely his name's alan so my 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 vehicle commander corporal you know kevin calhoun hoon hoon to his friends right so we go to dinner and he goes, hey, he calls me Cap Mac. He goes, hey, Cap Mac. He said, I don't understand like that senior Lance Corporal stuff, that three in the morning stuff. And he said, what's that? Right. And he said, You're, you, you said 
to the staff and CEOs, I'm begging you to come back. You got to come back because this thing doesn't work without them. He said, what does that mean? What does that mean? And so I started explaining like at three in the morning, the senior Lance Corporal comes in, blah, 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 blah. And he said, he said, oh, he said, well, we'd, we'd, had, we'd had fights then. He said, we're yeah, doing that's that? exactly right. He said, we'd have had fights. Exactly. And, and then he said, and then if our staff and CEOs found out about it, they would rip the barracks down. And I said, right. I said, yeah, I said, it's not that way anymore. They do it with impunity. They're not afraid. And he right. was like, whoa, whoa. So, I mean, just, I mean, when we were lieutenants and, and even when I was, I mean, when I was, when we were company commanders, the staff and CEOs, man, they ran the Marine Corps, for God's sake. Yeah. Hey, man, how many fights did you get into as a kid? I, I know Jeff got into a bunch. I, I know that. How about you, Matt? I got into a handful, you know, most yeah, of it, most of it playing sports. You know, but, you know, I mean, they weren't even good fights. They were, you know, there's a bunch of kids around, right? Three, you know, two or three punches and a bunch of misses and then guys breaking it up. Yeah, yeah. That's that's normally how it goes. I don't think that the, the Marines today coming to the Marine Corps, I don't think many of them have been in a fight. Oh, no, they'll tell well, you. Tell you right they'll, now, they'll tell you straight I, I knew, up at recruit I, I training. That when I was recruit. Yeah, at recruit training, they'll tell you straight up that's the case. Yeah, and, and because guys, I was finding guys with records when I was in recruiting duty for for, for being involved in school fights, the kind of shit that, uh, that, that I did on many occasions. I know Jeff did, probably you did yeah. too. And that was a problem with us, was getting good guys in, trying, trying to waver them in with, this, with these goddamn police records. That was one of the things that took up a dominant amount of my time. That and bullshit gang tattoos. Jesus. Can, that's you, exactly true. Can you imagine? Yeah. And, and, can you imagine being kept out of the Marine Corps because of a fight? Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 no, it, and we're talking good kids, but but my point being that a vast majority of those guys, because because that's exact what, what what your radio, what your RTO guy told you, is exactly what would have happened. You know, with with our guys, I, some kid tries to be a senior lance corporal, and he's going to have a black eye and stuff, and 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 we probably won't even find out why, which is. Which which happened back then sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was amazed. And, and, yeah. and so he was he was curious about it, right? So he's asking me a question. <laughs> he's like, well, wait a minute. So these are Lance Corporals, and they're picking on PFCs at 3 in the morning, and, yeah. and this just happens? And I said, yeah. Yeah. I told my I told my guy to have beers waiting for me and you know and this and that and all this stuff. It's like disgusting. And uh I, remember you said that Mac the guy yeah. was telling you. you know, yeah. yeah. I told it, just, he uh, he used the word I never a term I'd never heard and that was I told my boot. Yeah. Right. This Lance Corporal now has a boot. And you just you just like, like well. It's like prison. It's mm. like prison because there's no and there's no guard. It's like they're on Devil's Island. Well, and, and that's, let me tell you, and so you go to a bad unit, right? And, you know, and, and, you know, you know where our kids come from. They come from tough backgrounds, most of them. Now, and, and as Timmy said, they don't grow up fighting. So they don't really, they're not rough and tumble kids anymore that come from a t- tough background. And their school doesn't prepare them for adversity and, and whatnot. Then we kick them, then they, they come looking for better in the Marine Corps. And now we give them the Lord of the Flies shit in the barracks. It's like, and they're not tough enough to take it. And we wonder why, you know, the numbers of guys who don't finish their first term is enlistments going up, you know, and all the rest of this crazy stuff. Um, you know, it's like they, the, the law enforcement gets involved with school fights now immediately. And, yeah, that's, uh, that's a so joke. That's problem. And that yeah. means they're going to have a problem getting enlisted. And it's like... Uh, They'd rather have, I think, a kid who gets busted for, you know, dope than, uh, than yeah. for fighting. I, <laughs> I got suspended every year I was in high school. I got thrown out of school for fighting every year I was in high school and twice my senior year. And well, but, but Jeff, I mean, but, Jeff like, but, but back then you had to fight a lot to get thrown out because yeah. detention was filled with guys, you know, go to detention yeah. for three days. For you to get thrown out of school, you had to be a habitual fighter, right? No, they, the way it was in uh, Maloney High School in uh, Meriden, Connecticut, was if you were caught fighting within the, the building of the school, 
you had automatic three day suspension. Your dad or mom had to come and get you back then. And so we had, uh, I had guys, uh, I had issues with guys, you know, so to be fair. And uh, I wouldn't take it. And, you know, I, I didn't do that. I'll meet you behind the gym bullshit like the president claims that he did. I, we were going to go <laughs> right then, right there, if you were fucking with me in the cafeteria or in the head, you know, or because uh, I didn't play that shit. So I got thrown yeah, out. Yeah, but, but we all know that's like, that that's recreational yeah. fighting, right? What we would call recreational right, yeah. fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you, if you're fighting out. They're it, all good guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. How, how, many, how many of those guys are you friends guy. with? How, yeah. how many of those guys did you end up being friends with? Almost I mean, all of them. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was it, it was a way of young like males of young males of establishing where they are in the hierarchy. That's 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 what it was habitual. That's what it was designed to do. I think. I, I'm going to be taking design. my place in front of you in the uh, lunch line here. Exactly. Oh no, you're not, motherfucker. You know, and then before you know it. You're the only kid they like because you're the one who stood up to them, even though you're exactly. a black guy and, you know. Right. Think yeah. of all the good reasons you've heard for guys to fight, right? He stepped on sea duty. He stepped on my spit shines. Oh, hey, sorry, man. <laughs> that'll, get, that'll get your fight. He, hey, he jumped his quarter over mine on the jukebox. That's legit. I got to tell you. Table. Right? Or a, or a pool, pool table. table. Yeah. Right? That's why yeah. That's why I hit him with the pool cue. What the hell? Like, well, that's legit. I got no problem with that, sir. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's well, like. In my retirement, in my retirement, we had this guy there who was, uh, he was a, a State Department communicator, a former squid, you know, who, uh, he came because he was in, nearby. He came from my retirement and he said, yeah, I remember uh, you guys had you over my house, the little house in the compound, Tehran. And this kid was there, and we're playing darts. And one of my buddies got pissed at the other one and threw a dart into the back of the other guy's head. And that triggered a fist fight. And I go, no, I don't remember that. So I called my other buddy. I said, hey, you remember this? You remember anything like this happened? He goes, something like that happened every week, he said. I go, yeah, I guess you're right, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, but, but again, you you can't do that now. And now, you no. know, people take those disputes online and all this other stupid stuff. Yes. You know, to That's me, so it's, 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 it's ridiculous. But, but again, I, 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 I'm not going to keep you, you guys too long tonight. Um, but I, I, I just want to bring this subject up because it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's a two-legged, it's a two-pronged problem, right? Staff and COs, again, I don't know that I blame them. If, if they've concluded as a group, and it's not onesies or twosies, you hear this everywhere you go, right? If they've concluded as a group that, look, we don't believe we're going to get supported and it's not worth my career, right? It's now become a seven to five job and then I go home and they're on their yeah. own. Right, you, know, you want me again, to walk? You, you want me to walk through the barracks on the weekend? I'll do that. I'll walk through. I'll do everything I'm supposed to do. Good luck. Right, and, and that's and that's where we were in the seventies. That's yeah. that's what that's just what Jeff was saying. I remember my dad talking that's about exactly this right. And because uh, guys would would there, there were all kinds of guys that could make a whole career out of Marine Corps and never spend a damn day in the FMF. And there were there were there were people that actively avoided a command of any type. They yeah. wanted nothing to do with command. They wanted. That's 20, why they invented the Leftwich Trophy. Exactly why. And so and so we the, the, a change occurred. You know, starting with Burroughs, a change occurred. Sorry, and we'll see. I'm, you're correct, Jeff. You're absolutely right. Started with Wilson, and we were the beneficiaries of it because we were inserted into the machine at exactly the time that the turnaround was 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 get, getting purchased. And ultimately, the culmination was what Will Constantini talks about, what he saw in 2003, which is the best Marine quarter probably ever was. But, yeah. But but holy shit! I mean, it, it wasn't. It, we were relearning. The ba- we were relearning what it what it took to have control at the barracks and whatnot. I mean, it's it, it's so disheartening to hear the stories of guys that were pulling OOD duty back in 1978. Oh my god! As a, as opposed to to 1988 when I had the duty at the at the first Marine Regiment of Horno, which was a cakewalk. It was nothing to freaking do. You didn't have issues. It was. No, it's, I heard. Just, I I interviewed Barney Barnum. 
Yeah, Medal of Honor winner. Oh, yeah. Right? He talks about standing duty in the 70s with a German shepherd, right? A yeah. pistol <laughs> and walking around an axe handle. And an, with an axe handle. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and you listen no. to it, and, and, and there, again, with impunity, that, you know, you can't tell me what to do. And, you know, and again, when Dave Furness brought up the whole discipline thing, I mean, he was ridiculed. And, yeah. and everybody knows it's right. And we're, we're, yeah. we're, people playing Emperor's play yeah. New Clothes with this stuff. And yeah, you're right. It's, it's a, it is a generational man. I mean, it wasn't that. It's within limited memory that that we were fucked up like this before. Right. You're right. That's frustrating. Timmy's got it nailed it on the head. And yeah. I was lucky because I came to the Marine Corps when it was crappy, and then when I come off embassy duty, it was like worlds better. In 1979, which most people think is the nadir, part of the dir of the thing, but relative to 76, was way better. And I and he's right. We. I saw it get better and better through the 80s, and I became an officer at exactly the right time. We got gray, and gray kind of took all the good foundation that was established under General Wilson, on General Barrow, and then continued with Kelly, and then he did it, you know, the, with his focus. I'll tell you what. And that set us— Yeah, but let me— let those me. guys but, but, came but, after him hold couldn't on. screw it let up. I've got—let uh, me, let me disagree with you. Um, what happened in that era— was they got rid of the bad Marines, right? McNamara's one hundred thousand, well, right? And so, and, and so, yeah. but that we was the drug too, drug right, test. right. But we didn't have a problem at the staff and CO level. Once you got rid of the bad Marines, wrong, wrong. we did. Yeah, yeah. We had Marines. We had Marines in three five who were selling drugs to staff sergeants, and uh, because there's no Timmy just nailed it. Piss test and the uh, and the emphasis General Barrow it put it. Put an end to that. Right. That's why I say, I mean, this isn't a staff and shield problem. This is a fucking officer problem. This is a general. Yeah, no, I, you know what, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exact. I believe the exact same thing, too. And, and let me okay. tell you what to me. When these things blow up, Marines United and all the rest of this stuff. Right. You know, it's a it's a witch hunt. Right, yeah. and then and then, we're, and then we want we, we we run scared from anything that gets in the media, as opposed to saying, yeah, it's wrong. We have rules. We will punish them. Right? Let us do our thing. Mm. But what happens is we got to have a whole meltdown. Now we're going to have a stand down for, you know, for uh, what are they? Anarchists. It's not anarchists. What do we have? Extremists. Yeah, extremists. Right. We have to have a stand down for that. And it's, and it's all bullshit so that it's we can. So, so we can. Well, let me, let, let's just say this. Let's just say. Let's just say there's a possibility that exists. We have a UCMJ. We have we have orders in there, just like we already had for Marines United. You can't do what these guys did, but it's a whole meltdown. The lawyers get involved, right? And the officers get back. And what do the officers even conclude? It's not worth my career either. Right. And that's... And that's, so they won't right. stand up it's and a, say the right thing to this House Armed Service Committee, to the Senate Armed Service Committee in public, right? They won't say the yeah. right thing. And then should anybody else conclude anything else that, look, if they're not going to stand up for the institution and say, hey, let us handle this. We have all we don't need. We don't need to stand down. This is a small group of people. We will get to the bottom of this. This is business as usual, you know, and, uh, you know, again, but it's it, to a me. courage thing. You're right. It's a courage thing. It's a moral courage thing. Right. And it's and you know General Barrow and General Wilson. General Wilson's probably thinking, you guys, I I'm taking the reason I'm doing all this stuff is to I see a problem with the Marine Corps. I know what the problem is. There's no false narrative, baloney or anything like that. He he says I was on Fonte Ridge in Guam, and with the Marine Corps, you guys are making this way with your relaxed grooming standards and you're allowing people to smoke dope, we're not, you, you wouldn't be able to hold Fonte, you would take Fonte Ridge. And Barrow's thinking, you wouldn't be able to take Alpha Company on the night attack in the in the Frozen Chosen, you know, and, and uh, achieve, hold the pass because with those guys. Right. You need, we need this in order to have the guys who can serve our nation. 
and they and they did that. And uh, and now the, the odds are stacked against these general officers to have the uh, the will to do that. I heard this. I and I don't know if it's true. I heard that with all this baloney, all these you know thousands of national guardsmen at the Capitol, and all this hysteria over this uh, supposed insurrection that happened in uh, January, um, that the commandant was pigeonholed to do some things with the Marines that he normally wouldn't do, and he told what I heard, he told the Speaker of the House, I don't work for you. Yeah, he later yeah. come out. Yeah, but everybody came out and denied that. That's not what. That's yeah. not so what he that, said. Well, I figured you would hear that and know it. But here's the thing: that, that's who we, we need. Though. We need guys. To, we need someone to say this white supremacist thing is a false narrative. The truth is, we have become. We've allowed um, people to use our armed services. We've allowed. Pol- politicians to use our armed services as laboratories for a bunch of dumb ideas which are also false narratives that a person who doesn't uh you know who can't achieve you know a physical standard is really being held back because she's a female or a person who is so who is who is so you know confused they can't decide which sex they are but somehow that person is fine for military service to make life and death decisions as an officer and we tell ourselves a false narrative that, no, this person is normal. And if they think that they're this, they're that, they are that. And if you say that they're not, you're fired. We're going to get rid of the guy who knows who he or she is and who knows you know, what it takes to lead people in times of adversity. We're going to fire them and we're going to keep these other people because their philosophy is everybody out there you know, has to make sure that your rights are being attended to. But yet in the military, we're in the military to defend the rights of the mass of America. But we care more about about achieving our responsibilities than we do about getting every little fucking right that's, you know, that's uh, Well, I mean, and, and if you look at the UCMJ, the purpose of the UCMJ is not to guarantee the rights of the individual. You're right. right? It's supposed Mission to guarantee good order and discipline in the United States military. But it doesn't seem right. like that so much anymore. And let me tell you, right. and, and this stuff doesn't confine itself. Right to social discussions, right? We've discussed ad nauseum, right? right. The, the the paucity. How about that one? The paucity of gen, general officers that told the truth about troop requirements in Iraq and Afghanistan and did not yep. push back. And at, yes. some, and at some point, this lack of candor at the general officer level, you know, and there's only a very, very few people, you know, that, that will click off safe and tell the truth. And, right. and, and that's a disease. And, and as you, Jeff, and you rightly pointed out, you know, the staff NCO thing, that's a symptom of a greater problem. Yeah. That's a greater problem. They don't feel, they don't feel like when they're in the right that they'll be backed up. You know, by a uh, by a person with integrity who's wearing, you know, uh, silver or gold. Right. Mm. Right. It doesn't matter. It won't matter. Right. Right. The accusation will be enough to end their career. And, and let me tell you, when you look at it like that, you know, they quite rightly conclude it ain't worth it. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. And so to me, you know, know, to me and and, and why I wanted to have this conversation is is to have to to point in this direction. It's a much broader it's a much broader um, conversation than the senior Lance Corporal. Right. It's a much broader conversation than our staff NCOs. Right. It's it's a conversation really about the senior enlisted Marines and, and the senior officers in the Marine Corps. Right. You know, you, there's, an, there's a commandant, a recent commandant, and I won't mention his name, who Mac and I know because we served under him, like directly under him. And uh, this guy, I heard him give a speech to Marines who are deployed in a combat zone. And he said, he was talking about how, um, you know, you, you got you to gotta use your judgment when you, when, you're, when, you get, when you lose your pet, when you can't lose your temper, you know, when you're dealing with Marines, you got to always be appropriate. This is a guy who chewed my ass regularly, sometimes for the look <laughs> on my face, you know? And, uh, it, but, but listen to this. He said, you know, and so a female sergeant told him, now, 
colonel or brigadier general, you know, that's bullshit. You need to do this. You need to, you know, act this way. And I realized he was right. That's bullshit. I didn't believe that for a minute. I know this guy. So why was he t- telling us that? Because he's worried that um, he's worried that he's going to have to answer uncomfortable questions from people who don't understand the true meaning of the military, the true purpose of the military. They're going to ask him, why did you let so-and-so get away with saying this? Why do you know, why do you why did you allow you allow retired people or Marines or off duty express their First Amendment rights about things that have nothing to do with the Marine Corps? You know that, uh, you know, why did you do that? So he's worried about that. Is he worried about them accomplishing the mission in combat? No. Is he worried about them? Is he worried about them, uh, you know, being being more effective at their jobs? Or, you know, you know, let's talk about, you know, the operations here. Not at all. He's worried because he doesn't want to take shit because what a small fraction of the Marines might do or might say, even worse, might say. Because we're now in the realm of not so much what Marines do, but what Marines say. Well, say and put on say and put on on what they put on social media. Timmy, um, Timmy, your thoughts? Well, it's 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 very frustrating because you've got an entire culture that's coming down on top of the the upper echelons of the leadership that is forcing these kind of behaviors which we should have nothing to do with. It used to be that when you joined the military, one of the things, your first things you learned is you 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 signed away your rights. You're going to right. guarantee the rights of your fellow citizens, but you don't have those rights anymore because you are now signed over to the needs of the service and you will do what the service deems best. And that was something that you accepted as 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 part of the part of the dealio. And 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 I'm I'm very upset because what this leads to is now you're going to have battalion commanders and, and tell me if you haven't seen this before Jeff who don't want to go to the field and do that much in the way of training and whatnot because any time any time he gets his guys together and issues out all his weapons and gear he's going to be afraid of losing some serialized ordnance item you see yeah. that's how we got that's how you get all the ammo from guys uh, that's it that, that's been do, do we not make a career of doing this yeah, yeah. yeah. I made a career out of getting other guys ammo that's, you're going to have ammo allocations turn in at the end of the year because nobody's going to want to do live fire. Why would you want to do live fire? It's if, if all you see, instead of improving Marines and getting to do what the hell we're supposed to do to pre- be prepared to, to, to go out and fight for the country, instead of that, you're looking at it as if I've got to get through this two-year commitment. I can't let these knuckleheads ruin my stellar career. I'm certainly not going to do anything that's going to uh, 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 raise the possibility of these knuckleheads uh, sabotaging me. So now you now you're back to where you got to, you got battalions hanging out in the rear doing nothing all day. Holy shit, man! And yeah. that's when you got problems. There's where problems come from. Yeah. And and it's so it would be so easy. That I mean, seventy percent of the population can't even be a marine. You've got like the upper thirty percent. You could be a developing these people into an identity into 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 cohesive units, sort of like the infantry units that we were a part of. It's so friggin' easy right now yeah. to 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 turn these kids loose when they're done when we're done with them. Better friggin' citizens. There's yes. never been a time when it was easier because we're so different from the common culture. But it doesn't appear like we want to be different. We want to have general officers that look like the secretary of uh, of, of, of yeah. the, that group, that woman from Pennsylvania that was a man once. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. It's and it's discouraging. And I think that the whole point is that you can do is is not be discouraged because. Because man, it's uh, yeah. yeah. But some, I, at I, some I, point, I, at some at some point, Timmy, somebody's got. And if you go back to the Marines United thing, and then I'll give you guys a chance to say one more thing, and then and then we'll be done. But if you go back to the Marines United thing, that winds up being a, a handful of of people. Some right. aren't even on active duty anymore, right? right? And and Jeff quotes the audio from is it Senator Gillibrand? You know, yeah. telling General Neller that this is this is the worst day. The Marine, you know, for the Marine Corps, right? Yeah. You know, and which, and, which, which should have got a stern rebuke. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but, you I mean, know. I had, I had, go ahead, I had Joe. friends of mine, the guy who got out of the Marine Corps in 1976, saying, how about October 23rd, 1983? He yeah. was pissed. Him and Etor both called me the same time. 
within an hour of each other when that came out. I just arrived here in California after driving from North Carolina after I retired. So, and, uh, so, so I mean, and, and what you're talking about yeah. at, at, at the at the general officer level is, you know, can General Neller even say that, right? And let's just say he's, he feels it. He's sitting there thinking, but he knows his job today is take the face shots, right? Take all this electricity because he knows part of it's just a show that they're going to put on for the electorate, right? They're going to yeah. be – it's their moral outrage, and he's got to sit there and take it. Does he act like this is a serious event? You know, I, I, and again, but if he doesn't, and this rules the day, and we get more orders, right? And if I don't like your fucking tone of voice, are you yeah. shitting me? Or if I, and so this is, this is, this is how stupid it is. A, a staff yeah. sergeant in the Marine Corps cannot act like a construction foreman will act on a construction site. Can right. he can't do that? She can't do that. A a, a Marine. What was the other one I was going to say? Oh, he, yeah, you, Mr. Rogers. As a yeah, as a company commander, <laughs> right? You don't even have the disciplinary power of, of, of detention, right? Right. You know what they do now to punish Marines? They make them write an essay. That's it's a punishment so now. That's a punishment. And I said, yeah. you know, I told one battalion commander, I'd, I'd start detention. That's what schools do. And I would have yeah. I would have the XO, the gunny, the first sergeant, and the CO each have a day of detention. So you have to see who's in detention. And you just waste yeah. their time. Leave your phone in your room. You're gonna, you're, your place of duty is from 1700 till 2030. There'll be an MRE here. You'll, be, you'll work on the Gunny's Beautification Project and waste their fucking time. Right? right. And, and this is a. Right. Go ahead. You're right, man. Go ahead. You're, Last the, comment, the common, Jeff. Yeah, the common psychosis, that I'll call it this, Whoa. of people who, like, say, hey, look, I have to not respond to this unjust public attack on the thing that I love more than anything in the world. The United States Marine. I have to do this because. In the long run, it'll be for the benefit of the core. That's what they tell themselves. But that's not true. Because no matter what you say, and it happened with General Nellett, no matter what you say, you will get bastinadoed by people who think they got an axe to grind. So you may, you may as well act like a man and stand up for your men. Because that will be remembered. And yeah, you may lose. You may be, you may be forced to resign. But you know what? The second lieutenant who maybe may who may or may not become commandant, you know, thirty five years in the future, that guy, we expect him to lead those men, you know, when when death and injury is the price. So it stands to reason to pay back for those guys, future and past, is that you risk what you have to risk, you have your coin to the realm to pay for the you know for the benefit of your service and and in in you know extension by extension, benefit of the country by sticking up for what you know is right. And when they don't do that, it hurts everything. And that's this thing, and, and so, way, so what you're talking about is right. that's standing up and telling the truth. Yes. Like, you know what? A couple of jerks, some of them are jerks, you know, and, the, you know, did this, you know, America United thing or whatever the hell Marines that was. United thing. You know, right. Marines United thing, you know, but, you know, 150,000 of us didn't. Right, 150 you know, or something, like 182, yeah, 182,000, right? Whatever the hell yeah, the number they, is. And they got those numbers right at their, you know, right at their back right. and call. Right. And I know the guy who was sitting behind General Neller right. knows those numbers. Right. I know him personally that he does. Right. And probably the female general sitting behind knew it too, or Colonel, right. whatever she was, mm -hmm. probably knew it too. So, you know, that's people, we follow, we follow people in combat when it's successful. We follow courage. And when you and when a guy just says I got to do this for the good of the core, the good it's not really you know no matter how much you know it's like when you hear in Congress people say you know they, they go out of their way to condemn the flaccid flaccid riot supposed riot you know in uh, in February or J January sixth. Right, hold on, hold on. Before before you, before you go off on that one, let me let Timmy right. get in here because because yeah, all right. So Timmy, a final thought. I was I I was enjoying listening to Jeff. It reminds me of one story I got to just uh, highlight before, and, and then Jeff can keep on going. George Marshall was sitting there with uh, with uh, um, 
with, oh shit, with President Roosevelt and um, and and Prime Minister Churchill, and Churchill and Roosevelt are bitching and bitching and bitching about opening up another invasion inside of uh, off of one of the islands off of Italy. And Marshall and the, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff have been dead set against this. They don't, they don't want anything to do with this. And, but Churchill is, keeps on saying, you know, General, I think that if we could get in here on Cree on this the beach here and, and, and Marshall lit a cigarette, he took a puff, he looked at him and goes, I'll tell you what I do know, Mr. Prime Minister, not one fucking American's down on that beach there. And that was the end of the story. Right. And that was months of, of getting pressured by Roosevelt and and by Churchill. Right. You know, you, you, you'd like to think that the, that the boys these days had that exact same uh, um, uh, ability to, to draw the line. Because it wasn't like Marshall wasn't flexible. It wasn't like they didn't do North Africa when we didn't want to do North Africa. It, it wasn't like we weren't given and taken. But at some point, you got to draw the line and stand up for what's right. And and the other thing that bothers me is that I think in the moral courage realm and the physical courage realm, there's a disconnect. We all know that if you get caught in a near ambush, dude, you've got to charge the ambush. There's no other hope. You've got right. to go, and you've right. got to do it fast, and you've got to do it viciously, right. or you're not going to you're going to perish. But we don't do the same thing intellectually and morally. We don't we don't draw the line for what's morally right and say, no, I'm not going to agree to this, and no, I'm not going to say this. We we seem to be very fungible with our moral courage. And uh, a topic which Major Allen, back when he was a major, talked to us about at IOC on numerous occasions, which is why it's so striking to see his behavior these days. Uh, it seems to be a, a, a contradictory. Got it. All right. Well, look, yeah. w- w- this is not the last time w- we'll talk about this. We'll, when uh, maybe tomorrow night uh, when we record something, we'll get Will's opinion on it. Uh, because to me, yeah. what we're talking about is a much broader issue that is much, much broader than than the senior Lance Corporal and the staff NCO. It is the right. overall environment to include the political environment. And the guy who, who I have in my head right now is General Shinseki, who told the truth, consistent with the war plan that had been wargamed year after year after year to Secretary yep. Rumsfeld and Secretary Rumsfeld showed them the door. If that's your fate, so be it. Right? Yep. If that's your fate, walk out of there and, and and with the but you can't you can't keep we can't keep doing this because you know again the stuff you hear today, I mean it will startle you. Will startle you if ever yep. you've ever been in the Marine Corps. Uh, so anyway. All right boys. Nope. Nope. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I know the Marine Corps is aware of it, and you're seeing different initiatives. I forward a couple of them to you guys. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. At least, uh, you know, people are, are beginning to discuss it. But again, I, my own opinion is I think the discussion's a little bit too narrow. Yeah, oh yeah, that problem's over there. Oh no, it's not, boys and girls. Problem's a little bit broader than everybody thinks. And, and so, anyway, thank you very much tonight, guys. I appreciate the uh, the input. Uh, post-traumatic winning gets going again tomorrow here at the Marine Corps Station Buford for about three days. And then All I'm, right, man. Yeah, then I'm headed luck, back. Brother. Yeah, I'm headed back to the West Coast after that. So, uh, but it's, you know what? Right. I have to tell you, it's been an absolutely incredible two weeks, and I'm looking forward to this week. And, uh, and uh, just... Uh, just, uh, just awesome. So, uh, so have a great, uh, have a great evening, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yep. All right, Thanks, Matt. All right. See you, guys. Yep. That'll do it for a Monday. And the discussion is an important one. And I talked to people that don't always appreciate our frankness. But... You know, this is the way we've discussed things since we were young. And we're not afraid to admit when we're wrong. We're not afraid to admit when somebody else has a better idea. Because that happens. And uh, and I'll say this. I mean, sometimes we paint with pretty broad brushes 
Um, but I run, I see this all the time. This, this culture problem. And maybe it's the same problem it always has been. Maybe there's not that many people that will stand up for the truth to the detriment of their own character, to their own career. Uh, maybe that's just never something that's in abundance in any corporation. Um, and the military would be the exact same. And why we, would we hold them to a different standard? Um, I think I know the answer to that question, why we would. We would say, well, there's life and death at stake, right? 3M, maybe your profit goes down, but people aren't dying. The, the nation's defense is at stake. Um, in terms of the Department of Defense. Um, and the Marine Corps has always been an exception. You know, at least my experience was. Uh, up was up. Down was down. Nobody pointed it down and said, this is up now. And I, I believe that's what you have happening. And I think the Marine Corps is looking inward uh, to their credit. And they're saying, how do we fix this, man? How do we fix this? Because whether you care to admit it or not, you are a reflection of the culture. And the culture is not as tough, right? They come to you. If they don't like your tone of voice, if they don't like that you use profanity, um, then they're not afraid to go there. And so is that what the Marine Corps is going to become? That conditions in the Marine Corps won't even approximate a construction site where a foreman yells at people, right, and gets pissed? You have to ask them in the right tone of voice? Are you kidding me? And um, depending on who you talk to in the Marine Corps, they will tell you, we are already there. I have, I have Marines that come up, and, and one of the things I, I'll, I'll, I'm not afraid to do is speak in my natural you know, language relative to Marines, and that includes profanity. I call it conversational profanity. They say, hey, sir, nobody talks to us like that. Nobody speaks like we speak. That's how we know you come to speak to us because you don't speak like them. You speak like us. They're afraid. And it's pretty sobering. Right. When you hear that. So anyway, this is, you know, I'll I'll be curious to get Will's. uh, Hopefully Will will join us tomorrow and get Will's thoughts on it, because this is an important conversation. And I know it's going on around the Marine Corps. And uh, the phenomenon that is the senior Lance Corporal uh, is a very dangerous one. That means the leaders of the Marine Corps, in particular, our staff and COs, right, have retreated in this thing that I've heard characterized as the barracks war. And the institutions losing the war and the inmates have taken it over. So, anyway, interesting conversation, interesting issue. Have a great day. Don't be afraid to change somebody's life. That's what I'm headed out to do here pretty quick. So, on the second Monday of February, have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm in Buford, fired up to do some post-traumatic winning. Out.